Grimcast Manila is a podcast of creepy stories from around the metro. I'm your scaredy cat host, Antoinette, and I love a good ghost story. In this episode, we're talking to Johan. He is the artist and author behind Milky Clear, a collection of illustrated stories ranging from comedic to horrific, available on Facebook and Instagram. During the day, Johan is an educator teaching high school science. Welcome to the show, Johan. What's up? Thanks for having me. Yay! So, um, before we get things started on the really heavy questions, tell me a little bit about Milky Clear. Hi, so uh, Milky Clear is kind of like a passion project of mine. Uh, it started out from way back in college where I would just draw everyday mundane things, me and my classmates, and kind of evolved a bit more now during quarantine. You know, started taking mm-hmm. a life of its own, and right now it's evolved into what I would say its peak. <laughs> it's currently uh, <laughs> filled with a lot of spooky things and horror-related stories that some users submit to me, and some that even come from my own experiences. Yeah, and I, I just, I just also want to share that how I actually found Milky Clear was through. A Facebook group called for the for the the comic Tresse, uh, the graphic novel Tresse, which is an amazing title um, by Budget Tan, and it's in the group enthusiasts kind of just share um, things that they like. And a former teacher of mine um, actually shared Milky Clear, and I didn't know what the connection was between you guys yet. Um, and so I checked it out and have been following it ever since. And so that's when I messaged Johan blindly. Hi, would you like to be on my podcast? And thankfully, he said yes. It's an experience that I really wanted to try as well. So really, thank <laughs> you so much for having me. Uh, Yay. Already such a fun experience right now. I'm glad. So let's get right into it. Um, the, the question of the hour is basically, do you believe in ghosts? You know, yes. The simple answer to it is, yes, I do in fact believe in ghosts. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. not so much a, you know, it's not so much something that built up over time. It's something that Mm -hmm. I really did believe in ever since I was a kid. You know, I come from a Christian family, very religious Mm -hmm. family. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's always been our idea that there are spirits living among us. Mm-hmm. You know? There are malicious spirits. There are very kind spirits. And my stemming or my idea of ghosts stems from that religious belief in this religious household as well. So, yeah, I do believe in ghosts ever since I was a kid. And with my experiences, I can really say that ghosts do exist in this world. No, because that's really interesting because, I mean, when I introduced you and we were talking a bit before um, we started, you mentioned that you were teaching science. And, you know, science is basically the polar opposite of all things supernatural. So I was wondering how you sort of reconcile that, you know, your, the, these personal experiences that you have versus the science that you breathe and teach every day. You know, that's a classic idea. Or that's a classic question that I always get from my students as well. Uh, the mm-hmm. idea that science and religion is or are polar opposites, you know, I actually don't believe in that one. Mm-hmm. You can't have one with the other. They can actually coincide with each other. 
the ideas mm. behind uh, these two beliefs. And it's something that I always try to get across to my students that we're in a Catholic school. Yeah, I teach in a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I can teach science. I can teach things like evolution. I can teach things like uh, the creation of the earth through the Big Bang and things like that. But we can also have the idea of spirits and spirituality uh, alongside of it. I never really want my students to think that you know science is evil or science goes against religion. And I also don't want them to think that religion is like a pseudoscience or religion is all based mm. on just beliefs. You know, in the end of the day, we're, we're humans. We try to make things or make sense of things that we don't understand. And I think uh, we can't just adhere to one thing. We can't just adhere to science. We can't just adhere to religion something that we need to balance out and we need to figure out ourselves. Right. And that's actually really interesting that you mentioned that because um, I'd had this conversation like a couple of episodes ago and I'm of the opinion that while science can explain very, very many things, I kind of I, I don't think that we know like a hundred percent of what science is or like what the world is or that science, you know, has discovered every single thing on this earth or universe. So, you know, maybe the supernatural or, you know, these things that we can't explain or can't see right now is just something that we haven't yet discovered. Um, I mean, there's there's just so many things left out there that can't be explained. So yeah, with that, I am completely on board with what you said. (laughs) So getting right into it, what's the earliest creepy encounter that you remember? You know what? I'd like to share with you this one creepy encounter of mine that actually majority of my students already know because I always tell them this uh, story in class. Something that happened to me back in college. I was in college, especially in the fourth year. We were doing the thesis for our final year. And Mm -hmm. in that thesis, we had something to do with clams. Basically, we needed to put clams in an aquarium and we needed to keep them inside the campus and monitor them throughout three months of the Mm -hmm. thesis schedule. Because of that, we were given special... uh, we were given the special privilege of keeping that aquarium inside one of the laboratories in our school, mm-hmm. right? So, and the best thing about that is that we can go to school on the weekends and we can actually borrow the keys to that laboratory and go there on our own just to check mm-hmm. up on our thesis, clean the aquarium, mm-hmm. like that. Something, I don't know, it's a vivid memory that's both positive and a little bit stressful for me to remember because <sighs> thesis days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, the story goes, there's one Sunday wherein me and my thesis partner, shout out, me and my thesis <laughs> partner were supposed to go there and we were supposed to clean up the 50% of the water that was in the aquarium. Fortunately, he couldn't come, so uh, mm-hmm. it was just me alone. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's how all stories, all horror stories start. It's you alone <laughs> in an empty room, right? So... But the thing happened is I did clean the eBay aquarium. I was done with it and I was going outside already. I, I was uh, basically packing up. And then the moment that I turned around, 
almost locking the door. I heard a splash. That splash obviously got me concerned because the only body of water there would be my aquarium, my thesis. Mm-hmm. I rushed back into the room and sure enough, I saw this aquarium in the water splashing around, swishing, uh, swishing mm-hmm. in there. And you know, at that point, uh, I didn't think much of it. What immediately came into my mind was, I oh, was no, my curious. <laughs> yes, exactly. My thesis. I was furious <laughs> that some, something must have happened. Uh, uh, the window was open. By the way, the aquarium was right by the window. So I okay. peeked out. My initial idea was that there must be a cat in a here. A cat or something. Yeah, messing around with my thesis. I looked out. Uh, nothing's there. So just looked at it. Uh, checked on my clams. They were all there. Luckily, or uh, thankfully. And uh, little bits of splash of water on the table itself. So me filled up the aquarium again, started packing up once again, and what do you know, splash again the moment that I turned around, right? So went back into the room, saw the water splashing a bit more violently this. This time, it's mm. like a little bit Right. Uh, you know, it, the first thoughts that come into your mind isn't, isn't a haunt thing. It's, my gosh, this, this cat, I'm going to kill right. it if ever I find it. Right. So the second time that I went there, mu- uh, much more of the water was actually missing and the water was still uh, shaking violently. Looked around, tried to find where this cat was, wasn't there, shut the window. And the moment that I shut the window, it actually changed the light a bit around the room. I could uh-huh. see a little bit more of spilled water. And this spilled water, uh, I followed the droplets, you know. Uh, apparently, it's on, the, it's on the table. And then a bunch of the water also spilled down on the floor. So I noticed that there was this trail, this okay. trail of water. Small, small droplets. There weren't any footprints or whatever. It's just small droplets that led from the area of my thesis all the way to the sink and this sink was a very lengthy sink uh, i don't mm. know if you've ever been to a biology lab before but they got right. these it's very like one of those sinks. lab sinks <clears throat> yeah and there's this cabinet underneath followed the droplets to the cabinet and by that time i was really thinking yeah the cat must be in here the everything right wasn't here. registering everything wasn't registering right to me i never thought to myself that how could a cat open a cabinet and how could a cat close a cabinet <laughs> behind it? All I knew was there is a cat in this cabinet. I am going to kill it once I open this door. Right? And, you know, open the door. Three, two, one, open the door. Nothing's there. Absolutely but there's nothing. still wet droplets inside the cabinet. Yeah. Uh, sure enough, it led there. And, you know, about two seconds passed just looking at this empty cabinet. Mm-hmm. And then it finally registered on something's not right. Mm-hmm. Something I feel isn't completely normal as to what's happened. And just as I was thinking that, splash, another splash from behind me. And you know, really? at that moment, yeah, uh, that was probably my creepiest experience. And at that moment, you know what I did? What? Closed the door, left the campus, and <laughs> just waited for my thesis partner to take his next turn for it. <laughs> Never mind the clams. Yeah. I thought my thesis was important, but my life matters more. 
You know, uh, luckily enough, uh, the following day, my thesis partner came by and he was the one who fixed everything. Uh, never saw or never experienced anything like it again for my thesis. And, you know, I graduated. Here I am. Thesis done. I wonder what that was, though. But all the clams were still in the aquarium. Yeah, all the clams were still in the aquarium. It's just basically something's messing with the water or more so messing with me. Mm-mm. And your and your thesis mate didn't um, report anything or like say that anything similar had happened to him as well. Uh, he reported nothing, but the only thing was that when he came back, uh, true enough, majority of the water was already gone. Luckily, mm. we still had about I think two months before the final uh, mm-hmm. defense of the thesis, so we had time to recuperate from that. So when you sort of, when most of the water was gone and you tried to like put it all back, it never really happened again? Nope. Luckily enough, thankfully enough, it never happened to me. Uh, it's just one, a one-time thing. And I'm actually very happy that it never happened again. I mean, for, I'm going to ask a question and I hope it doesn't sound stupid. Could this have right. just been an overzealous clam? No. <laughs> right, so uh, maybe I should have mentioned the type of clam that we were dealing with back then. It's tulyat. Okay. You know, tulyat, it's like a few cent- centimeters in length. So small. Oh, okay. Wouldn't have been able to do much of that. And besides, these, these clams, they're, they're sedentary uh, okay. organisms. They're just there. <laughs> <laughs> so it couldn't have been any of them. If it were, uh, man, I would have, I would have put it in a circus. I guess everyone observed the jumping the, clam. You could have been on the brink of a special discovery of a special clam. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, did you hear anything from maybe the guards? Did you ask anyone about, you know, that room or if anything like that had happened to anybody else? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, at that point, you know, me being a biology student, I, I think I didn't mention that before but my course in college was biology uh, mm-hmm. if you talk about seeing ghosts in those areas mm-hmm. you you get to you get uh to have two reactions one is that uh your classmates or your colleagues would say that you're lying and or two you know they they tell you <laughs> to go show them and I don't really want that much of <laughs> that much of a an, what do you call that that much of attention on my thesis. The thesis itself is supposed to be very uh, kept away from human traffic. That's the big part of my thesis from mm. back then. Right, right, okay. And had there been any other creepy experiences in the school in general, or? Um, had you heard about anything else? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never really experienced anything else aside from maybe, you know, late at night, you just hear some stray winds. You swear yeah. our voices, but that's just that's just normal for old buildings. This school, mm-hmm. however, uh, sorry if I'm purposely omitting the name of the school, but no problem. this school, yeah, it used to stand all the way from the time of the war. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the story goes was that this school way back then was actually uh, 
bombed and it was reduced to rubble. And the old mm-hmm. version of the school or the old buildings of the school can actually be found underneath where the building right now stands. So that's just the setting for a perfect horror story, right? You have it there. Mm, you have yeah. this. Are, were there any dead people there? Possibly. Ghosts? Yeah, uh, sure. Possibly. Why not? <laughs> just for further context, is this sort of in the Taft area or in the University Belt area? It's in the Taft area. So I guess you can you can narrow it down a little bit more now. Not not really, because there are still a few options. <laughs> so, all right, well, okay, all that's right. all the hints you get. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, more if it's in the Taft area, then it's very much involved in the Japanese occupation, the siege of Manila Bay. You know, so those those terribly traumatic events that happened in our history. And that's kind of where a lot of, I think that's kind of where a lot of stories from um, the schools kind of come from. And if, if you notice, kind of the stories are all quite similar. Even it's from all school about the war. School, it's all about the war. It's all about a soldier, a, 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 a priest, a nun. A nun. <laughs> you know, or like um, a people who were caught there, caught in a school because of a bomb or, you know, an invasion. So it's, it's quite, it seems like this, event has really had quite its ripples in, you know, basically that whole area. And which brings me to my question, if ever this was related to the war, soldier, a nun, or a priest, what do <laughs> they have to do with my clams? What did they want with your clams? Maybe, you know, they were <laughs> having an off day. It's kind of boring. You said it was on a weekend. They were like, let's play with some <laughs> clams. But um, when some you actually went... <laughs> When you when you went to check in on your clams, was it during the day or was it like at night? Oh, yeah. Or? Oh, okay. It was actually bright Sunday morning. So really not the settings that you would expect for a horror story like this or a haunting like this. Bright Sunday mm-hmm. morning, birds were chirping outside, cats were walking around. Mm-hmm. You know? So it just goes to show that these types of hauntings, you know, they don't have a time limit or they don't have a schedule. If you're mm-hmm. alone, you're vulnerable, they will they will find you. <laughs> They'll make right. you know that they're there. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned that that happened to you in college, no? Um, did anything um, ever happen to you after that? Um, or maybe later on? Well, no, that was thesis. So that was like the end of college, right? So did anything happen to you after that? Yeah, I actually have a bunch more different stories. Uh, by the way, in my page, I always mm-hmm. mention that uh, I do get fan submissions. Yeah, that's true. Lots of fans have submitted to me in the past. Mm-hmm. And I do put a few twists in some of their stories just to make them a little bit more interesting, but the entire plot is still there. Mm-hmm. But it is also true that the earlier submissions that I had, uh, mm-hmm. specifically my comics entitled 32, I hope you read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 32, the one about Josephine from uh, Intramuros, all of those are roughly romanticized versions of my actual experiences with ghosts. So let's talk about uh, 32. 32 sure. is a common, uh, a common urban legend or a legend within my uh, current workplace. Okay. 32 is a student or an extra student that you always find in a specific room. 
it's uh it's in the science room which, which I science in. room <laughs> it's a science room near the uh near the pond i hope you're so you the still bio that room yes, no, okay exactly. so just for context <laughs> for our listeners um johan actually um teaches at my high school where i went to so if any of you intrepid listeners have ever heard me drop where i went to school before <laughs> that's a clue yeah it's uh so this room is called the grade 7 science room so grade 7 students okay. here beware uh the <laughs> idea behind that was uh my first year ever in that school i was recently uh-huh. hired my boss or my coordinator at that time just casually dropped it on me told me oh by the way if you're in the grade 7 science room uh don't have the kids count on why and i said what <laughs> but we do Where'd that, that come all the time <laughs> Yeah, uh, apparently, uh, I don't know when it started, but there have been hauntings or there have been uh, reports of this extra student that keeps on popping up whenever you have the students count off in the grade 7 science room. So if there are 37 students currently enrolled there or for that uh, class, someone or something will always come up to 38, right? The class, uh, the class count off will always amount to 38. Uh, if you have them uh, group up, you'll notice that there's always a weird number of students per group. You know? If mm-hmm. they're all by fours, you'll notice that there's a fifth one somewhere. And you, it's weird. It's, you never really get to find out who mm-hmm. this uh, extra student is. So mm-hmm. there's no name attached to it. There's no further... Uh, legend behind it like who's this student that haunts this uh, area there's just this myth there or this legend that you never should count off the students so me in my comics you know I just gave it a face and I gave it a, just to romanticize it a bit um, mm-hmm. that's one of the few legends there uh, I've only experienced it once when I had the student count off so you right, have so, experienced it yourself. Yeah. Oh my hence gosh. The, hence the number 32. Uh, I had 31 students back then. I told them, count off. Uh, okay. Count off one to, uh, one, two, three. Okay? So every time the third student would go there, uh, they should repeat back to one. And yeah. I was turned around. I was writing something on the board. And then, mm. you know, all in all, uh, this was their groupings, by the way. So while yeah. we were counting off, one of the students casually said, Sir, sobra. No sobra. And then when I asked her, Sir, but number three yung dulo. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it dawned on me. And I'm not too sure if it's three or if it's two. How, how would you divide 31 students? No, it I think should be number um, two. even. Yeah, it should end at yeah. two because 33 would mean 11 groups, right? Yeah, so... Uh, no, 31. They they were really 31 students. And then ah, okay. it would always amount to 32. So, what? what what's happening here? I was expecting 10 groups of threes and then one group of ah. only two students. Everyone was present that day. So, why is it okay. that it always amounts to an extra student? So, I turned around, told them again, count off. And then this time, I watched them carefully. One, two, three. One, mm-hmm. two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And really, when it got to the very end, it's always one extra student 
And then I asked them, like, saan tayo nagkamali? Or, tama naman, di ba? And they all uh-huh. just looked at me, sir, sir, tama, tama. And I told them, sino pa yung maling sinasabi? Sino nagsasabi ng two instead of one or three instead of two? Um, it's a little foggy on my part there. But uh-huh. no one, absolutely no one was uh, answering. So I told them, okay, ladies, one last time. Let's do this very slowly. Uh-huh. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And still, at the very end, there's one extra student who just couldn't figure out how, how is this happening? It's like something, something was messing with the entire class that day. Uh, oh my God, how did your kids react? You know, those kids have been there longer than I have. It was my first year teaching. Some of them were uh, there since, since grade, grade school. school. Right. So they know, they know <laughs> this story. And I, uh, I was looking at them. You know, it's the third time that we've counted off. There was something obviously wrong. I was looking at them and I saw fear in their eyes. <laughs> Some uh-huh. of them were to the brink of crying. These were oh, no. grade seven students, you know. Babies. Very baby. <laughs> so I, I kept my cool. And I just told them, uh, okay. you know, ladies, maybe it's it's just, you know, after lunch, we're just hungry. We're maybe sleepy. Something's going on. And then, you know, silently, I just, I just gave a little prayer to myself and my students. They didn't know mm-hmm. that I was praying, but you know, it's my first year there. I, I didn't <laughs> want anything to follow me home. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, no, that's really creepy because, sorry, go on. No, no, uh, I was actually just going to end. So, that's the story of really the true story behind my comic 32. So, I've, I've been in that room. So, this is um, what would be the bio room, no? Uh, right now, there's a new bio room, the grade 7 oh. science room. Uh, right now, it's de- designated as the earth science room. Okay. All right. But it's the one with the pond in the middle. And then nope. at the end of, at the other end of the pond, there's like another door, which is a lab. Mm-hmm. But this one specifically is on the right of the, right. the pond. Yeah, the right. right side of the pond. So on the right side of the pond. So yeah, I've had classes there. And I remember, are there still those display cabinets at the end of, you know, the sides of the pond? Mm-hmm. Where they dis- they display they like shells. preserved animals, <laughs> shells, you know, kind of donated to the school for, for science. Yep, they're still there. Still very much preserved and still very much creepy. <laughs> Right, super creepy, right? And I was wondering, is there still that the baby there? Ah, yeah, the baby is still there, but it's tucked at the very last row, so that uh, some of the students won't be able to notice that. Oh, it's a baby, but yeah, it's still there. They're not going to give that away. <laughs> yeah, because before when I was there, um, that was like right out front, and all of us like right before bio waiting for the class, we'd all be like, "Huh." This is a baby. It's a tiny human that is not alive anymore. <laughs> so yeah, that, the creepy factor just went up a bit more right now. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I, I, I'm not sure if you have the same experience, but in those string of science rooms, it's actually super creepy. Like, so that that room, which is now the general sciences room, there's another room above that, which used to be called the health room. 
And then on the other side is the chem room. And then also very nearby is the physics lab. It's the physics room and physics lab. And I was wondering if you've ever, if you'd ever taught any classes in that room? Uh, Yeah, Uh, there is actually another legend or another myth inside that room, the physics room. Uh, For the viewers or for the listeners right now, um, the physics room has its own separate restroom. Yes. Yeah, inside that restroom, anyone who's in this school would know would already notice that it's one of the restrooms without any mirrors inside. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I I knew you knew this one. Yeah. <laughs> I personally have never had an experience of this, but the story goes was, and um, story goes, uh, it's because in this mirror there always shows the spirit of the of a nun from yeah or so creep so many people out that they had to remove it and just had to get rid of the mirrors in the school every now it's and really then I'd, every now and then when my students would say sir may i go to the restroom and they're in the physics room i tell them it's right there just go and they tell me sir no please not in that one <laughs> they go them, to a different one <laughs> yeah they go all around to the canteen they go to the restroom there you know? <laughs> no because and, i mean we we had so physics classes are in fourth year, right? And so it's mm-hmm. the physics room, which is kind of like um, it's like a lecture hall type, which has like raised platforms for the seats, and the teacher is like on the bottom ground floor. And then mm-hmm. right beside the board is the door to the lab, and then further on in the lab, there's a door to the bathroom, which is this. Um, so it's like the third room on. And so if you have a class in the physics room, and everybody else is in the physics room. And you're going to go two rooms away. It's super creepy. Because when you go in there, I mean, it's like your usual white light bathroom scenario. But on the wall, there, there's literally, you can see where the, the mirrors used to be like screwed in or drilled in. And it was, it's like, you, you know that that's where it was taken off from. And it's always like nobody's in there. So every I remember every time like I would I desperately had to go to the bathroom, I'd actually like ask someone to come with me. And <laughs> I remember like I don't know if this is TMI, I'm sorry, but like I I never would lock the door. Like I just like close it. I wouldn't lock it just in case like I would need to run out super fast. Trust me, my students right now, they still make the same bargain. Sir, if I need to go to the physics restroom, can I can I have my <laughs> classmate come with me? <laughs> and I tell them, no, you can go alone. When you get there, you're not you won't be alone anymore. Then they say, Yes, sir. Stop. <laughs> sir, why? <laughs> and you know what? Let me just add something there. You mentioned that uh when you were a student there, it was a white light inside that uh yeah. restroom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now, or in the previous years when I was uh, teaching at on campus, mm-hmm. yeah, the lights there now they flicker really, <laughs> really badly. When you get That's when so you stressful. go inside, there's like silent pills. Oh my gosh! No, it's it's. I swear, it feels like a portal to another <laughs> dimension. That's how creepy this bathroom is, and it's like tucked in, like right in the back too. So anyway. There's there's a lot of stories about um, the school. I, I actually had um, 
a friend of my, a really good friend of mine, a batchmate, um, a couple of episodes back. And some of the stories that she would tell about this school was, um, it kind of explains why there's so much there. Because, I mean, during the war, it was really a hospital because that's where the nuns were and they were sort of in charge of taking in the sick and the wounded. And um, she mentioned that so many people would be so gravely ill or critically injured that um, I don't know if you call it the new building still, but um, we have a building there. We used to call it the new building. I don't know if there's a new name for it now, but it's the one. So it's the canteen and it's the the building right by the canteen with like the ground floor is sort of like this open space. Yeah, so, I'm familiar with that one. But me mentioning the name of the building would give away yeah, so where, what we're talking about. At the time, we just called it the new building. And apparently, so it was the new building because it was like newly constructed, obviously, at the time. But apparently when they were excavating it for their, for delaying the foundations, they found that it was a mass grave <coughs> um, for those what? who were ill or injured, you know, who had passed away when it was used as a hot, when the site was used as a hospital. So some, some of these bodies would never be claimed. So it was a mass grave. That's where they buried these unfortunate, like these poor souls. When they were digging it up, when they were digging it up to lay in the foundations, they found a bunch of skeletons and they just tried to exhume everyone and um, lay them to rest somewhere else. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's, that's how that story goes. I don't know if you were familiar with that story. No, absolutely not. It's the first time I'm hearing this and gotta say i'm i'm super interested now i want to yeah. know more <laughs> you should listen to I that episode because yeah because um her grandmother um was actually part of the la salle massacre like she was in the chapel when the massacre happened and a few days she survived obviously but a few days later she woke up in the school that we're mentioning because that's where the hospital was. And that's how she knew that that was a mass grave because her grandmother told her about, you know, everything that was happening there at the time. And she was interviewed by like Nat Geo and all these like historic like programs to talk about that time. So yeah, super creepy. Yeah. Uh, speaking about it, since you mentioned the fact that this was again used as a hospital from before, uh, would mm-hmm. it be okay if I shared with you just one more experience? Yeah, absolutely. Had? Yeah. Um, so the story goes behind this one is that uh, I I did hear about this one that is also supposedly haunted. This Which room one? right now, it's on the third floor. Oh my God. Yes. And all the way to the end of the hallway on the yes. left side. Okay. Tell me what you know and I'll tell you what I know. Okay, uh, I personally never experienced anything from here, but I've heard it from, the, from my students. Uh, this one simple question, uh, this one simple story here. The rooms here, they had mirrors, or sorry, not mirrors, they had windows at the side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the doors, the students right? Could actually, yeah, yeah, on the doors and on the wall. On, so. on the wall, right, right. Yeah, and the, there are two doors, one at the front and one at the way back of the class. Okay, mm-hmm. so... These students, while well, they were still there, they saw someone walk 
past the front door, went all the way to the back. And they knew that this someone was a teacher. Uh, so they were expecting, uh, it must be a teacher coming in to observe the class. Mm-hmm. Right? So this person just went to the back of the, uh, sorry, to the back door, started jiggling the knob, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. open. So mm-hmm. uh, class president stands up and opens the door for the teacher. When they open right. it, surprise, surprise, no one's there. Oh my gosh. Of course, the entire class was spooked, completely out of their minds. We heard, I was teaching in the second floor that day, uh-huh, and we uh-huh. heard the screams all oh, the way wow. to the third floor. And you know what? Uh, ever since then, uh, that room has been used only as a stock room. No, no one oh. uses that room now. And yeah, that's really? where all the props go. <laughs> okay, that's super interesting because the story that I have about that room, which I've actually like told on a previous episode, but I will share with you now because it's super interesting. There's actually a different story about that room. And it's really interesting that it's no longer used now. We were in fourth year. And you know how seniors have to take their exams early, like the final, the fourth quarter exams early because yeah, they need to prepare for Yeah, and graduation and all that. So we, so the fourth year students were taking our exams early and um, it was that entire floor. But then some of the other rooms on that floor weren't senior. So it was normal classes. And in my, I was in the room right after. So you know how the bathrooms kind of split the two sides of the hall. So bathroom, classrooms to the left, classrooms to the right. We were in the first classroom after the bathroom to the right. So taking our exams, you know, diligently, um, proctor in front, quietly and, you know, doing our own thing. And then in the middle, for some unknown reason, suddenly we hear screams in the hall, like down the hall. And then our teacher was like, Shambra, her first reaction was like, hey, no, why are these kids just playing around? I'm going to go check on them. Everybody, no cheating. Just look at your own test papers. And so she was actually quite irritated because she thought that there were just some students who were left without a teacher who were dicking around. So she leaves the classroom and she goes towards the room. At that point, we didn't know where it was. We just knew that she left the room. But eventually, we find out that she went to the last classroom on the third floor. So all the way to the end. And eventually, this is the story that got to us na. Um, she looks inside, you know, through the door. There's like a window. And she looks inside. And all the students are on, like, squeezed to the front on the platform. And all of them are freaking out and cry. Some of them are crying, screaming. And she's like, what's going on here? So she opens the door. And she's like, oh, what's happening? And she sees that the teacher is passed out on the platform. And, you know, some of the students are trying to tend to her because she's like, oh my God, she's passed out. And for some reason, when she opened the door, that's when all the students looked to the door. And it's like, that was the only time they remembered, oh yeah, the door, we could run out. And that's the only time they ran out. And eventually the story that was passed on was everybody was doing their thing, doing class as normal. And then... Suddenly, they hear from the back of the classroom, like, sobbing. Like, at first, it's quiet sobbing. And then, you know, like, quiet sobbing. And then suddenly, it gradually gets louder and louder and louder until it's, like, full-on wails. Like, 
freaking out whales. And at that point, everybody, everybody rushed to the front because everybody was so scared. And that's, that's how it happened. And then they're all in the front and they, they're hearing these like whales all over the room. Like something weird is going on. And the only time they kind of snapped out of that trance was when my teacher had opened the door. And so what happened afterwards was eventually the teacher, our proctor went back to our room and she's like, don't worry about it, kids. Nothing, nothing, nothing special. Just finish your test. But when we had exited our classroom after that class, we saw that that classroom was actually barricaded with seats. Like it was blocked off. Like those high school chairs with like the arm, it was like, side by side so nobody could go there and then every time after school for like the next one or two weeks we would see the teachers all together come out of the class come out of the faculty room on the second floor and go up with prayer books and candles and with some of the nuns to go into that room to pray there or to to, I, I, I think they did a novena um to and whatever was going on there and after that, we never really found out what it was. And then for a while, while that was going on, the, the room remained blocked off. And then eventually it was opened up again. And we, they, of course, they would never really tell us what actually happened or what they found out because it's probably like they don't want to distract the kids with that. But yeah, that was really, really creepy. And it was like, it was so incontrovertible because we, could, we, we heard it and we saw it. And we saw the, the the chairs blocking off that room for like the next couple of days. So something did go down. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you were starting off the story, I was actually trying to remember it. Uh, what, where was, when, did, when did this happen? I haven't heard any stories about this. But, and then the moment that you mentioned the crying, yun, uh, I would always ask them, and those were the two stories. One was the most recent one where Again, teacher or whatever it was trying to open the back door. And then if I would were to ask my co-faculties, they would always say, Ah, may umi iya. <laughs> I never really I never really learned the story behind it until now. Yun pala yun, yun may umi iya. Yeah. That's it. That that was actually so creepy. And of course, Shempre, like we knew some of the people there, but we just kind of didn't want to ask because we knew it was a traumatic experience. We knew who the teacher was at the time, but we didn't want to bring it up just so it mm-hmm. wouldn't we wouldn't make it awkward. But yeah, it was super creepy. And incidentally, that's also the room where you know how graduation is um, well before pre-pandemic times. Graduation is done at the field. Yeah. Right. And so that 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 building the outer windows of the wall are the ones facing the field and they're sort of like this urban legend that um wait every... let me get is okay, this the on. one where i'm not sure if it's the same story but is this the one where you would see people marching down in the field no not that one no, not that one. No, really? no, another no. one so Oh, wow. Okay. So um no, so this story is a little bit more benign in the sense that it's during graduation. Every graduation, every graduating batch reports that the window in the topmost corner classroom, which would be that room where all those weird things happen, would be open. And sometimes they would see like a student kind of watching the graduation ceremonies. And 
I don't know about that, but during my graduation, it was open. <laughs> um, but I my didn't see anything. Uh, but the urban legend is that there's a story. There, the urban legend is that there's this girl who was supposed to graduate and didn't because of some reason or another and unfortunately took her own life. And that's why she kind of every graduation, she just stands there and watches all the kids graduating. But again, that's an urban legend, completely uncorroborated. Man, I am having a blast right now. <laughs> I love this. I could, I could totally make a comic strip out of this one. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what, what's the story about people <clears throat> marching? Oh, that one is such a short story, but the story goes, uh, if you go to the third floor at night and you peek out of the one of the windows, I'm not even sure if it's the same window we're talking about, mm-hmm. but you can see these uh, hooded figures. Some say they're nuns, some say they're, they're just, they look like people, but they're hooded figures in white. You know, they would march down into the field and then they'd form circles and that's basically it. That's all I know about it. Super creepy, but I personally have never experienced it. Let me share That's... with you something stupid that I do. Okay, sure. Ever since I've heard that uh, all those stories in the, uh, the school where I teach in, mm-hmm. I became so entranced with the idea that I might be able to see one of these schools. That okay. I have stayed back sometimes around 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, and I've went to these rooms specifically mm-hmm. the one that we were talking about i've looked through the windows i've knocked on the doors i've sat inside the room just waiting for something to happen i've even went so much as to you know turn off all the lights i've walked by all these supposedly haunted rooms trying to find something i know it's not something that you do i know that i mentioned at the first half of this show that I do believe in ghosts. And basically what I'm doing there is that I'm, you know, I'm begging them to just show them their substance. But I don't know what came over me. It's what I do. And there was also that time where nine o'clock, I think it was sometime Christmas time, you know, people Uh had practices for the Christmas shows and everything. Nine o'clock, all the lights were off. I just Uh sat in the middle of the field thinking to myself, so when are these hooded figures going to come <laughs> I wish they would come out and show themselves. I don't know. It's something that I do. I, I You're a very brave man. <laughs> very, very brave man. I personally would not do that. Like the moment there is a dark hallway, I'd be like, no, <laughs> I'm not going down there. Excuse me while I go straight to the gate where there are lights and guards. Though I guess... Uh, there's just this one very last experience. I hope I'm mm-hmm. not giving too much time. No, here. no, not at all. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I did get what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, at the I've never experienced uh, something called sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. People say that it's such a scary thing. I've never experienced it until one day when I was in the faculty. So, oh, uh, yeah. It was a few days after. My escapade that I told you about. Uh, okay. I went to the room. So I guess that's karma for you or that's ghost karma. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could make a shirt out of that. Ghost karma. <laughs> ghost anyway, karma. Uh, <clears throat> so there, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever been to the faculty before, but there is I a have. faculty lounge at the very end of the rooms. Okay? The faculty I've never lounge. Been in there. 
yeah, I guess so. It's a it's a faculty thing. It's a faculty lounge. <laughs> We're not supposed to be there. Yeah, but there's this faculty lounge uh, where the faculty can actually sleep on some very small beds mm-hmm. uh, in between their classes. Mm-hmm. I had basically a four hour break that day. Wow, and, you know, yeah, Parang college some, some days you get that. <laughs> some days you get that. Some days you're completely packed. But anyway, I thought to myself, I could do work right now, or I could maybe take a one hour nap and then mm. be energized for the day. Mm. During that hour nap, uh, I would sleep like a vampire, you know, arms crossed in front of my <laughs> chest. That's because I would hold my phone on top on of my you. chest so that I could hear the alarm. Right, right. I wake up. Anyway, this position was really comfortable for me. It worked. But during that day, I suddenly couldn't move. And it was my huh? first time experiencing sleep paralysis. And I remember it so vividly. I thought to myself, well, my eyes were closed. I was just lying there motionless. I thought to myself, wow, ito pala pakaramdam nun. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what it feels like, sleep paralysis. And I just thought, huh, cool. I wonder how I'm going to get out of this. And then, you know, the door opened up. I was expecting someone to come in and uh, maybe sleep on another bed or sit uh-huh. on the chair. There was a chair on my right side. A uh-huh. little woven chair, very rickety. Uh-huh. Uh, I was laying there, and this person sat beside me and started whispering. I don't know. St- I started whispering things to me, like? gibberish. Oh gosh, complete, complete gibberish. Just uh, I couldn't make out anything, but they were really close to my ear, and they were whispers. And what's weird about it is I knew who that person was. I could, yeah, I could feel who it was and I could uh, familiarize, I was familiar with the voice. You know how okay. sometimes even if, you're, if your eyes are closed, someone yeah. opens the door, you can tell who that person is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes it's like how they walk or like sounds yeah. they make or even just their yeah, voice. So, so this person was one of my co-patients. Uh, he's actually in the same area as me. So... At that point, I was thinking, ah, he might not know that I have sleep paralysis right now. He's trying to mm. wake me up or he's trying to tell me, uh, hey, we have a meeting. We need to get <laughs> up or something like that. So I really didn't mind it. Uh, went on for a while and it only occurred to me, huh, that this is kind of weird. What, what are you whispering? Can't you see that I'm not waking up? Went right. on for a while, maybe about a minute or a minute and a half. And then uh-huh. persons, this person stands up. Uh, closes the door behind him. The moment that I hear the latch, you know, door, suddenly I can move. Huh. Okay, so so I didn't think much about it. I stood up. I tried to follow him because I was uh-huh. going to tell him, I'm sorry, I didn't get any of that. I was super, right. I was paralyzed. I opened up the door and then no one was in the lounge. And I went into the faculty, which is a separate room from the lounge. No uh-huh. one was in the faculty. Oh my Apparently, gosh. Yeah, there was a, you know how sometimes in that school we have sudden uh, masses, you know, there's a mass during the last period of the, cl- of the class or yeah. the period before lunch. Yeah, mm. There was apparently an assembly in the, uh, in the church or in the chapel, mm. sorry, not the church, the chapel. And everyone mm. was required to go there. So just dawned on where is everyone? Who was that who just spoke to me? Went down to the chapel, saw my co-teacher there, and I asked him, Sir, did you just 
were you just in the faculty lounge did you tell me to get down here and obviously his answer was no he was there all the time so oh yeah, my I guess, gosh i guess i got what i wanted that's <laughs> you did karma for you but no, that's super interesting because I remember that hallway, which kind of goes down the side of the faculty lounge. At the end of that hallway is actually a classroom. It used to be called the speech room. Is it, st- mm. is it still in use today? The speech room. Speech room. At the very end of it. No, I think that's the music room now. Not too sure. It's now the music room. How yeah, interesting. So but yeah, it's like... Never it's like, heard of the speech room. So it's like... Oh, I'm not sure if it's a speech room, but it was one of, well, okay, maybe my memory is failing me, but it's at the end of that hallway of the teachers. And then, the, so you know that it's like the building's kind of square, right? And then yeah. that hall to the right are the doors of the teacher's area, the teacher's faculty room, and then to the left is the garden. And then if you walk down straight down that hall, there's another classroom. And, it, and when you go into that classroom, it's like, the, a long classroom, a long thin classroom. Yeah, um, I think I really think that right now it's the music room. They're using it right. as the music room. Right. But I came and I in, just remember, yeah, not familiar with. I the just remember. Yeah, and I just remember it was you know it was always kind of club. It's 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 really dark. It's really long, and it's just like I'm just so happy that any time I had to go there, it was like for official class purposes. So I'd have like an entire class of kids with me and I'd never be alone in there. <laughs> so yeah, lots but of stories apparently. There's lots, lots of stories. Of stories. We could go school. on and on and on. Like I've had several um, friends from the school come on and they've all had at least one story about their experience their time during their time there. But um, going back, um, I know you've, uh, going back to your comic, Milky Clear, um, I know that you get um, some story submissions and you're actually drawing them for Inktober or Spooktober, whichever um, hashtag you're using. But um, <laughs> some of these stories are really, really creepy. <laughs> um, and I've, I've read a couple of them, but I wanted to ask you, which submission is the one that has sort of stood out the most for you and sort of you find really like the creepiest, the weirdest, the most like unsettling. All right. So um, this one might come as a surprise for some because this one submission, uh, a lot of people have mentioned, you know, it's fake. It's uh, Mm. the artist made that up. Mm. This one was the one with the one that steals thoughts. Steals? The one that steals dogs. Dogs. Oh, yes. I saw yeah, that. It was posted that, that the other day. Yeah, it was one of the more popular ones. And the comments that I got there was, uh, can I see the video or uh, what do you call that? It, is this real? And then other Facebook users would, uh, would answer for me and they'd tell them, uh, it's fake. You know, it's all yeah. made up. The artist himself made it up. Um, unbeknownst to them, I didn't really make up all of it. I made up some parts of it, but mm. it was in fact a fan submission. Okay. And it, I did have a basis behind that one. And this fan submission, uh, I believe, I would say was uh, one of the things that most stood out for me because of how detailed he would explain it. Okay. okay. 
the one that I romanticized there, or the one that I personally added, was the idea of the CCP. I right. never got to see the CCP. In fact, I I trolled a few people there. I <laughs> I included a Rick Rowe for the CCTV video. But uh-uh. this fan mentioned to me that yeah, they did see this thing through the CCTV, and oh. the way the way that he described it was so vivid and so creepy. I got goosebumps the moment that I uh, read it. So unfortunately, this fan uh, specifically mentioned that he didn't really want to get his name out there. So sure. shout out to you. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but for for the benefit of our <coughs> listeners, would you do you want to share the story as you received it? All right. So uh, I don't have the copy of it, of course. But mm. uh, as far as I could remember, this was located in Bicol. Okay. So in B, yeah, in Bicol. So this Bicolana, uh, uh, she mentioned that she had a five-year-old shits that suddenly went missing one day. Uh, mm. The story itself is almost this exactly the same as I mentioned it. They were wondering how how did the Shih Tzu get out of their gate? Uh, their gate is has mesh wiring on it. They had mm-hmm. a very tall wall as well surrounding their compound. And mm. I, I don't know, of course, if you have a dog that's five years old, you've had it for a while, you wouldn't want it to get out. You would make yeah. measures to make your home uh, completely, you know, sealed. <clears throat> So they were wondering mm-hmm. one day, where did their dog go? That's Sparky. Sparky is the real name of the dog, by the way. Very, very interesting there. Uh, so that's Sparky. And they asked the barangay around. No one had seen it. Uh, luckily, they did have a And she mentions to me that in this CCPT, they saw this weird creature, shadow thing, or whatever mm-hmm. you, you would like to call it. Yeah, and uh, it did call the dog up to the gate. And uh, I added the part where the hands elongated. Okay, so that's a little mm. bit of my my version of it. But it did call this dog mm. up to the gate. And the dog approached it very slowly. It didn't bark at all, as they mm-hmm. mentioned. It just walked up and was somewhat entranced by this whatever it was. Uh, mm-hmm. If it were a person, she would say it was a person. It, uh, it would be wearing a shirt or whatever. Mm. But she mentioned to me that it was naked. It was naked. naked. Yeah, completely naked. It had this unkept hair and it stood in a very, the word that she used was uh, disturbing or uneasy manner. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes when you look at something, you just you just feel creeped out about it. Like I that think doesn't that's look what she natural. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word to use, a natural manner. So it calls up their dog to the gate. The dog doesn't bark at all, which she mentions it would normally do to strangers. Right. So that's already a red flag about it. It bends down near the gate and puts its hands underneath the gate and just grabs the dog and forces it through the bottom of the gate. And obviously this dog would be flailing and mm. she i omitted this part you know for uh the dog lovers out there but mm. the dog would cut, came out as mangled through Gosh. the bottom of the gate yeah so you know when i received the plan submission obviously i i would i would have thought that huh, nice nice story you got there but uh. 
it must it must just be a dog napper or whatever. Right, but, right. You know, the the more that I read it, it was naked. It had unkept hair. It moved in an unnatural manner, and you know, I I <laughs> I would never do this, but uh, forcing or pulling a creature through a small gap beneath the cave that's not something that you can normally do, right? Yeah. Even if you tried, it would be very hard to pull out a dog from underneath the cave. So I don't know. When I was reading it, just gave me so much of the creeps and it inspired me so much to uh to draw it and to make my own rendition of it so for the viewers out there or for the listeners out there let me just clarify this once again it is in fact a fan submission it is a very <laughs> creepy one the only things that i added were the fact that i saw the cctv i didn't really see the cctv footage and the fact that it's arms elongated. I just I just thought, you know, that would might that might be a really cool thing to add. But No, but yeah. like yeah, going back to the story, if it were just some random dog napper who maybe wanted to steal a dog and resell it as a shih tzu, you know, shih tzus are a coveted breed, it wouldn't benefit the dog napper much if the dog was mangled in any way or yeah, harmed in any way. So that I don't think it could have been that. Yeah, so yeah, I, I fully agree with you on that one. You wouldn't want to hurt the dog if you were going to steal it to maybe or resell it uh, or something. It. Yeah, so really, this was one of the best submissions that I got. Really got uh, it. Really got to my psyche. And I just thought to myself, I need to draw this. I need to share this story. Uh, right. Once again, to my to my fan who submitted that one, you know who you are. Thank you so much for that submission. Got a lot of likes. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I liked it. But I'm sorry about the dog though. I know. I'm sorry about that dog. I hope I hope I hope it was quick, whatever it was. <laughs> you know. But um I mean aside from that submission, is there any other like fan submission or story that particularly stands out that you've you've mm-hmm. done an illustration on? Um I guess my second favorite so far. Uh, would be the one for the White Lady of Balletta Drive. Okay. The White Lady, yeah, because the White Lady of Balletta Drive, everybody knows that story. Yeah. Everybody knows about the young woman who was ran over by a taxi. Mm-hmm, taxi mm-hmm. driver, uh, the taxi driver, instead of helping her, threw her or buried her underneath the Balletta tree, and now oh. she haunts the streets as uh, as she's looking for the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that one. But yeah. this fan submission that I got, uh, he added to the story or he told me that, uh, by the way, this fan, sub- this fan was an oldie. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, he's about 50 plus years old. So, okay. yun yung pinangahawakan niya. Sabi niya, mas matagal na ako dyan, alam ko na yung story nito. Ito yung story nung kabataan ko. So, right. this, one, this one was more reliable, sabi niya. Uh, the story went that there's actually an often omitted part that okay. this woman survived the initial crash or survived the initial hit and run and was able to call out to someone passing by. Okay. And as the story goes, uh, whoever was passing by decided to help her try to pull her out of the balletta tree. Was, she was underneath the roots and she started to cry loudly. She started to feel pain because Mm-mm. there was something pulling 
her legs deeper down into the paleta tree. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and uh, it goes even further when he mentions that as she was crying, she told the man to, you know, maybe help her out some more, pull harder, and uh-huh. this man would loosen her grip and come back with a rock in his hand, you know, a big rock. And as, she, as the user mentioned, it's as if the man was hypnotized by something or was entranced by something, possessed, you call it what you will, drops the rock on the head of this uh, young poor woman and starts to bury her in the falling leaves and finds the balletta tree. So it's such a sad twist to it. And it's such a, an interesting rendition of the story that I've never really heard of before. Uh, it essentially paints the woman of Balletta Drive or the white lady of Balletta Drive as more of a victim rather than a vengeful right. spirit. Because now the idea is this woman is not terrorizing the motorists who pass by Balletta Drive, but is trying to hitch a ride with them. To, to get away from there. Yeah, essentially escape whatever the hell was keeping her there in the first place. So obviously uh, some people might call it just a hoax or a made-up story, but mm, really when budget. I read it, when I read it, it's such an interesting retelling of the story that, wow, I couldn't get my head out of it. I thought to myself, I need to include this in my spooked over series. So yeah, it was it was cool. one of the more uh, more insightful ones and the ones that struck me a bit more. No, that's really interesting. I've never heard sort of that version before. I'd always, you know, just heard the version of um, don't don't pass by Balletta Drive alone at night or with the lights off in your car because if you look up into your rear view, you'll see someone in the back seat hitching a ride. You know, or there'd be a woman who you just yeah, suddenly exactly, see right? in the car with you. And like, um, there's also this other variation of the story where um, this young woman would uh, hail a cab and then tell the cab where to go. And then when um, they get to the destination and then the woman would say, um, just wait a second, I'll just get some money from inside. And then, you know, eventually like the wait, the driver would be waiting for a while and be like, where's this woman gone? And so he'd go into the house and say, um, excuse me, um, I'm just I do, I'm just here to collect the payment for the cab fare. And then the person who answers the door, like, nobody took a cab here. Oh, and then he would say, oh, this young lady who looks like this so-and-so. And she's like, and then the person who would answer the door would say, um, would show him a picture and say, oh, this lady. And then he'd be like, yeah, that's the one I just brought home. And the person who would answer the door and had shown him the picture would just go, oh, she died like a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the more common versions of the story that I've heard from before. Yeah, so, so it's super interesting how these urban legends sort of unfold or like grow over time. And yeah, and I would say unfold, grow. The word that I would uh, add to that would be evolve. Because mm. right now that I've shared this story from my user submission, I hope that a lot of people become familiar with this story as well and that would mm. share them just as much as the original ones were. You know, add add a, add a little bit more to it, or uh, things that you can pass down to the future generations. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you again, AJ, so much for joining us. Um, 
Before we wrap up, is there anything you want to share with the good people of the internet? What are you up to? What is what is in store for Milky Clear in the coming weeks? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I'd like to thank all my fans currently uh, still following my page. Yeah, we are, I believe, 18,000 strong right now. Hopefully we yes. get 20,000. Might, might uh, <laughs> produce something of a special thank you for, for everyone there. Stay Why don't tuned. you tell them um, you, the URL of your Facebook page so that they know where they can find you? Yeah, it's actually super simple. It's at Milky Clear. <laughs> That's it. Okay. You okay. can search me up on Instagram. It's surprisingly Milky Clear. And on Facebook, <laughs> you just search up Milky Clear. Look at the Facebook photo. It's a drawing of myself. You can't miss it. <laughs> it and, <laughs> um, you know, if... Uh, all my content here is original and uh, completely free. But if you would like to support me as well, I did put up a Gcash so that you can send any amount to me. Would really mm-hmm. help me. You know, this thing is, I do it for a hobby. I did it. I do it for you. <laughs> I don't really expect any monetary, uh, monetary payment for this one. But if you're in that line of supporting artists, then thank you so much. I would greatly appreciate that as well. So how can they support you through Gcash? Uh, you can support me by giving any amount to my Gcash. The number of it uh, will be posted in the description of this podcast as well. So if you were one of the people who already gave to me, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's been my dream to basically get money out of my own drawings <laughs> and my own art. I'm not hey. afraid to say it. No, I mean, I think that's a completely valid thing to hope for because if you can do this full time, why not? I mean, sorry, students, but it's your teacher's passion. Yeah, that's the dream, actually. I have so many idols who currently have full-time jobs as comic artists. I want to really, really be one of them. I want to get into that inner circle of uh, comic artists here in the Philippines. I think you totally could. Long ways out. I Thank think you're you so totally good. It's for anyone who hasn't checked it out yet, go to facebook.com slash milky clear. It is a great um like it, a page full of illustrations and stories, short stories that you can just read while you're doom scrolling on Facebook and you want to creep yourself out at like two in the morning. It's really great art. It's super creative. And if you can support Johan in any way. You should totally do that. One more thing. Can I give a quick shout out to one of my best artist friends around there? So uh, this person has been with me since the start of the start. He's one of my high school friends. He himself is trying to make a name for uh, his artworks. If you could check out the page, Not So Perfect Art. That's Not So Perfect. No spaces and no capitalized. Underscore art. Not So Perfect Art. He's one of my okay. best friends and a really great artist. He creates illustrations for games, for movies, for comics, and all sorts of things. I believe he deserves more credit than currently has. It would be such a great uh, gift to me and to him if you were to visit this page and give it a follow. Will do. That's, so, that's really nice of you to do. So just... To repeat that, that is facebook.com slash not so perfect underscore art. Yes. 
which I have just followed, actually. <laughs> thank you so much. That's a nice. Sure. So um, thank you so much, Johan, for joining us. Um, once again, this has been Grimcast Manila with your host, Antoinette. You can find more episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and everywhere you find your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Grimcast Manila. Grimcast Manila is a podcast of creepy stories from around the metro and it's produced, recorded, and distributed by Big Baby Studios. Find out more about our other shows on Big Baby at itsabigbaby.com or facebook.com slash bigbabystudios. Have a good night, everyone.